0: Be Wealthy and Smart, Episode 48. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets boredom or bosses on be wealthy and smart and now here's your host linda p jones welcome to be wealthy and smart i'm linda p jones america's wealth mentor empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom on today's show we're going to talk about investing in a 401k what you'll learn are strategies for growth how to diversify, and why your 401k should be your first place to invest. Now, I'm not one who does a lot of basic investing podcasts, and this is pretty basic, but I really wanted to cover some things that maybe people don't hear about how to invest your money in your 401k. So we're gonna cover this today and I also wanted to cover it because I was very disturbed hearing a famous financial author talking about 401k, saying that they were a ripoff and that stocks were terrible and blah, blah, blah. I was in shock. (laughs) I was like, what the heck is he thinking? And... Is he trying to get everyone to invest in real estate or what? What's his motive behind this? Because he had no evidence of anything that was wrong and he had nothing that was really positive to say in terms of actionable things you could do. So it's no wonder that people get so confused and are really, you know, just not sure of which way to go. So. I really want to talk about the benefits of a 401k because how can you badmouth something that gives you free money and grows in compounds without tax? Okay, now that's basic wealth building 101 that every financial expert should get a grip on. So I want to talk about why a 401k should be your first priority of where to invest because often your employer will match the first few percent that you invest like 100% up to the first 3% that you invest. That's free money and it's a 100% return if you do the whole matching percentage and you aren't taxed on it. So while these are basic things in a 401k, you likely already know, I'm just going to cover a few quick things and then we'll go into the investment part. So you already know that you can put $17,500 into a 401k, 403b, if you work for a hospital or school, or most 457 plans if you're working for the federal government or their thrift savings plan. If you're over age 50, you can add $5,500 more for a total of $23,000. And you really do want to max out your 401k. This is your most important first level of investing. And the employer, when they match the contributions, that's limited to 25% of your total salary or 20% if you're self-employed, your net income if you're self-employed. And matching funds are always contributed to the tax-deferred portion of your 401k plan. The total of your elective salary deferral plus employer matching contributions is limited to $52,000 for the year 2014 if you're 49 or younger or $57,500 total contribution if you are 50 or older. 401K plans are great because they may allow you to put money into a plan in all of the following ways. First, a pre-tax contribution. In other words, money goes in on a tax-deductible basis. You're not taxed on that money. It goes into the plan and you pay tax on it only when you withdraw it. There's also the Roth 401k contribution or called a designated Roth account and money goes in after you've paid tax on it but all the gain is tax-free and you pay no tax when you take the money out when you retire. And then there are also such things as after-tax 401 contributions, where money goes in after you've paid tax on it. And interest accumulations are tax deferred, but you will pay tax on any gain when you take withdrawals. And also, if you withdraw money before you're 59 and a half, there's a 10% penalty that applies. And you must begin withdrawing from your 401k or from your IRA, I should say, by age 70 and a half, or there's a 50% penalty. So that's assuming you stopped employment, you rolled over your 401k into an IRA. You've got to start making contribution, you've got to start taking withdrawals by age 70 and a half or you will have a 50% penalty. So become aware of the limits to withdraw or borrow money. But I really don't recommend that you do that from your 401k. Get the mindset that once you put money in your 401k, consider it gone until retirement. Don't look at it as a cookie jar that you can raid. And it's imperative that you have an emergency fund and have other saved money first. So if you're saving for your first home, save that outside your 401k. Don't take the funds out of your 401k for that and have an emergency fund have all your insurances paid off those are basic things that you need to have before you can put money in your 401k but having said that it should be a big goal of yours to max out your 401k with as much money as you possibly can because that's your best savings tool available to you now how to invest the money remember that game trivial pursuit it was a great game, and it had little playing pieces that were round, and it had little six little cut-out pie-shaped pieces that you could earn these little pieces and put these little pie slices in this little round holder. Well investing in your 401k is kind of like that, where you're putting little pie-shaped pieces in your total investment portfolio. And the pieces of pie are different asset classes. What does that mean? They're different types of investment that allow you to diversify. So having six different ones or eight different ones are really going to help you diversify in six or eight ways. But it doesn't mean that they don't have overlap because they do. So, for example, in the stock category of assets, you have large company stocks which are called large cap or large capitalization. You have medium company stocks, which are called mid-cap or mid-capitalization. You have small company stocks that are called small-cap or small-capitalization. So the large caps are the household names that you're familiar with, things like McDonald's and Exxon and things like that. The mid-caps, some of those you may have heard of, others you may not have, maybe like Lululemon, which is a sportswear company. And then there are small-cap companies that are Typically, some people say a billion in market cap or less. Some people say 750 million. But there's are smaller companies that you've probably never heard of that are fast growers, have gone public not too long ago, and they are very small companies. So you want to have some of all of those in your portfolio because the large companies give stability, the medium companies have stability but also growth, and the small companies have a lot of crazy growth but they're very volatile. So you want to have all three. You also want to have some international stocks. International are those companies that are 100% outside of the U.S as opposed to global, which means that some of those companies can be in the U.S., some of those stocks, and some of the stocks are outside the U.S. So global is international and in the U.S., and international means 100% outside the U.S. Mm -hmm. Then you have the bond category. You have short-term bonds, intermediate bonds, and long-term bonds. So bonds are simply a debt security, similar to an IOU. Borrowers issue bonds to raise money from investors willing to lend the money for a certain period of time. When you buy a bond, you're lending to the issuer, which may be a government, a municipality, or a corporation. And there's the value of the bond and the interest payment. So with short-term bonds, intermediate bonds, and long-term bonds, it's the time that they're going to repay you. So short-term bonds are typically a shorter time horizon. Uh, could be one to three years Uh, Intermediate bonds can be a little longer than that or typically 5 to 7, something like that. Some people think 3 to 10, but it's a more intermediate time horizon and long term would be 10 years plus. So you've got these different time horizons of bonds. Again, they deal with stability, with rate of interest that you can get they deal with volatility. So the shorter term is less risky but has a lower yield. So you're getting less on your money but it has less volatility. The intermediate bonds go out a little bit further and they do have more volatility but you're gonna get a little bit higher yield. The long-term bonds go out farther in the yield curve, you're getting a higher interest rate but you're also getting a lot more risk and volatility. So you want to be careful with bonds right now. I'm not a big fan of long-term bonds. There's just too much risk there. Remember we've been in a 30-year interest rate decline cycle that started in 1982, ended about 2012. We're going to start seeing bond yields come back up again and interest rates on bonds move inversely to the value of the bond. So as interest rates go up, that will make the value of the bonds go down and That will happen more the longer term the bond is. So you don't want to have long-term bonds in your portfolio, although the track records are going to look fabulous. I'm telling you, the track records look great because for 20 years they've had declining interest rates, which has been like having a tailwind, and they've done fabulously well. But now we're in the other cycle where interest rates are going to be rising and this is going to provide a headwind so there it's impossible for those bonds to get the same returns in the next 20 years that they got in the last 20 years it just is impossible so I want you to realize that and be really careful with not overloading your portfolio with bonds It's also not uncommon that interest rates will rise and that the Fed will raise rates too fast and crash the bond market. That's happened many times in the past, and so you can leave out long-term bonds out of your portfolio right now if you choose to. The other option you usually have is company stock. So you might have your employers company stock and the mistake a lot of people make is to put hundred percent in that company stock and not have any diversification so you do want to have some diversification across all asset classes except maybe the long-term bonds right now your company should provide you with asset allocation models or models of these pies and percentages of these pies for you based on your age and your risk tolerance. The younger you are, the more growth you need. And the older you are, the less growth you need and the more stability you want. And you want to have a larger portion of your portfolio in bonds as you're older and a smaller amount when you're younger. So for example, a 30-year-old might want to have 80% of their money in growth oriented vehicles like stocks, so small, mid, and large cap, international or global, and only 20 percent in short and intermediate bonds. The the 60-year-old or the 50-year-old might want to have 40 to 60 percent in growth stocks, so in the large, mid, and small caps, international and global, and maybe 60 to 40 percent in the short-term and intermediate-term bonds, and a little bit in the company stock. So think about your families and your life expectancy because, you know, different people have different life expectancies. If you're typical, then your life expectancy is 76 for a man and 81 for a woman in the United States. My mother is 95, and so because that's 14 years longer than the women's typical life expectancy, I need to probably have growth for a longer period of time than most people, so I probably am going to have a higher percentage of my portfolio in large, mid, or small cap international or global equities. So just think about that. You might want to change the percentages if you have a longer life expectancy in your family's history. My favorite place to invest right now is precious metals, but unfortunately, most 401ks don't have precious metals as a choice. I also like tech stocks right now, and a lot of them don't have sector funds for just technology, but you can get some tech stocks in your um, small, mid, and large cap stocks for sure. But your company may have a commodities fund. You can check for that. That will also include not only precious metals, but oil stocks, paper companies, agriculture, things like that. So it's going to be a broader diversified fund. It's not going to be just precious metals, but you can get some exposure to precious metals if you have a commodities option in your choices, in your selection, in your 401k. You can also go to Morningstar.com, that's M-O-R-N-I-N-G-S-T-A-R.com, to see what your top holdings are in your stock funds. So if you want to know in the largest stock portfolios that you have, what are the top holdings, you can go to Morningstar.com and do that research. Companies with five-star ratings don't always outperform in the next five years. So don't get caught up in how many Morningstar stars your funds might have because maybe they've done great lately, but that doesn't mean they're going to do great over the next several years. So be careful not to put too much weight on Morningstar five-star funds or four-star funds because a lot of those don't continue to p- perform after they've had their four- and five-star ratings for a couple years. So it's best to have some growth, but realize that more stocks mean more volatility you're going to have. So you have to get rid, you have to get that mindset that you're going to have some volatility to become a good investor. You want to also follow cycles and understand that big volatility comes about every eight years and be ready for it again in 2016, just like we had in 2008. If you knew it was coming in 2008, you could have saved a 38% loss in the Standard & Poor's 500, the index of the 500 largest companies in the US. So it can make a huge difference to understand cycles and to understand that these things happen about every eight years. So you don't want to try and time the stock market on a short-term basis because, yes, I agree, there are some manipulations that are occurring. We do have high-frequency traders from hedge funds that are trading hundreds of times in even seconds. And we've got, you know, options traders that are that are doing some different things with options that cause some manipulations in the market. That does happen. But over the long term, you're going to be just fine investing in the stock market as long as you pay attention to cycles. That's the most important thing for you to pay attention to. So you can get a significantly higher rate of return if you understand cycles and you look for these big changes in the market that can happen about every eight years. So your action step for today is to go onto your 401k website and look for your asset allocation models. See what the percentages are and what they recommend for your particular age in terms of how much you should have in stocks and how much you should have in bonds. Make sure your asset allocation is appropriate. Don't be 100% in your company stock. And make sure you're putting enough in to get the whole match. So in other words, if you have to put in 3% to get the, or you have to put in enough to get the 3% match. After that, put in as much as you can. So you wanna make sure you're getting the whole match. So put in enough to get all of the money that they're gonna give you for free. So again, be really careful not putting 100% of your money in the company stock. I see that as a common mistake that people make. They're not diversified. It's very, very high risk to put everything in your company stock. So make sure that you have some diversification in your 401 What you learned today are strategies for growth within your 401 how to diversify, and why your 401 should be your first place to invest. A good step forward today and a way to take small positive action steps for 21 days, which is how many days it takes to change an old habit, is to sign up for my free course, 21 Days to a Wealthy Mindset. How you think and what you believe is possible for you is the most important step to building wealth. So get started today taking your first action step at LyndaPJones.com. Have you heard about our super rich and fabulous cruise November 1st through the 8th in 2014? We're gonna have a blast and we'd love to have you come. This is for people who don't wanna run out of money in retirement or they have a business and or would like an opportunity to be together on a cruise ship and have an opportunity to even be a cruise ship speaker or you could say an international speaker and have a great time. You're gonna learn how and where to grow more wealth, the best ways to generate income without relying on a job where billionaires are planning to make their next fortunes, and you can too, how to earn income for the rest of your life from your knowledge and experience, and how to better understand bubble cycles and trends to build wealth. For more info, go to lyndapjones.com forward slash cruise, C-R-U-I-S-E, lyndapjones.com forward slash cruise. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart.